to the oddities and strangeness of this world, these are the Amalgophiles. Indeed they are. Uh, welcome back, ladies. Um, and welcome back, all of our listeners. I am the boy, wonderful Ian Wallace, still. Um, I am joined today by the friendly neighborhood Shelby Croto and the lovely Jordan Lynn Epperson. And this, or should I say rather more elegantly, these are the Amalga Files, a podcast where we like to uh, focus on tons of different topics, but um, mostly just to give a platform so that people have a way to be able to express things that they would not be able to about certain topics and certain genres that are just... Um, not everyday conversations, uh, to, to say the least. So um, today we're going to be delving into secret societies. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was. I've been. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on this. I've been in and out of books and media uh, for the last two weeks, just uh, trying to figure out the expansion of all of this. And it gets pretty roomy when it comes to these uh, to this particular topic. Mm. Um, last show we did, uh, cult, um, which was a very, I actually got some really cool feedback from, um, a couple of, uh, regular listeners. They uh, were like, yeah, they really enjoyed the, uh, cults episode. And, um, I got a chance to listen to it myself. I think it was a great episode. So if you have not, um, reach out on Spotify, Google music, iTunes, we are all over the world. So you can find us anywhere. Um, and uh, give us a listen. Let us know what you think. Uh, news concerning the show. Um, we do have a giveaway. Giveaway, giveaway, giveaway. Yeah, we're going to be giving something away. <laughs> give it away, give it away, give it away now. Cue music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cue music, right? <laughs> You got to say um, it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now that I am done destroying the red hot chili peppers. Um, yeah, we're got, we have a giveaway. Sorry, Anthony Kiedis. Um, we have a giveaway. We are going to be giving away a digital and or a hard copy of Behold a Pale Horse, a book by a man called, uh, named William Cooper. Um, it is largely the reason why this podcast started. <laughs> um well, no, I got to give the credit to the to the members in the group. They're the reason why this podcast started. Everyone was um went kind of crazy when we brought up life on other planets and um Jordan and I kind of got together and decided that uh we needed to make a platform for people to be able to talk about this. As if life wasn't complicated enough at the time. We decided <laughs> that we were going to make a platform for people to be able to uh discuss these different topics and here we are today. So um yeah, we're going to be giving away a copy of Behold the Pale Horse. It's a great read. Um, I, I highly recommend you checking it out, even if you don't win it um, here on the show. Um, and what do you have to do to win? Well, call in, leave a voicemail. We're going to pick a random caller um, and uh, give him the goods or her the goods. So um, that's all you got to do to get you a copy of Behold the Pale Horse. Um, questions. Ladies, I got questions. You you got the questions? I got the questions. Right, we might have we, we might have the answers. <laughs> and that's all I need. As long as you Perhaps. might have them and I don't have to wander aimlessly in the streets looking for answers, I'm happy. <laughs> um, 
Um, well, you might first, still have to do that. I might still <laughs> yeah. have to, right? Depending on some of the <laughs> questions that I ask, I might still be wandering aimlessly. Good point, Joy. Um, yes. My first question, what was the most interesting thing you learned about secret societies? Um, I'm going to kick it over to Jordan, and it's going to go to Shelby, and then it'll go to me. Um, well, uh, I, I looked at a bunch of different ones, um, most of which were less popularly heard of. Um, and one secret society, I can't remember which one it was. I'd have to look back through all of these notes. But one actually um, basically devised the uh, health insurance system that we have today. What? <laughs> Evil. Yeah. Pure they, evil. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean like before beforehand, we didn't really have health insurance. And this one uh, secret society, they basically set it up for their members that their members would um, have health insurance if they needed it. And basically people thought it was a good idea and, and ran with it. And that's how we ended up with health insurance for everybody. And what's this guy's just, name? I got to put him on that list of people I'm looking for right next to the doctor that slapped me at birth. <laughs> He's going I'll on the list. Look back at it. Yeah, let me know. Um, He's going on my list. Another one also came up with uh, with uh, life insurance. Um, and you had other ones that they gave out loans, like uh, the Knights of the uh, Templar. They they gave out loans, and that's actually what was their downfall, was um, they refused to give the King of France another loan. And so he basically uh, kidnapped a bunch of members of the Knights of the Templar and tortured them until they admitted to doing a bunch of awful stuff and basically killed them for it and disbanded the Knights of the Templar that way. All because well, they damn. wouldn't give him a loan. Well, damn. Which, which, if you're the king of France and they're refusing to give you a loan, like, you gotta be doing something. That no, you know, to give I'm you actually stuck on the first part of that. You're the king of France. Why do you need a loan again? Apparently, apparently this was not his first loan either. The reason that they refused him was that they had already given him so many loans that they were like, mm, no, no. So we are roundaboutly and calling so the king of France a deadbeat and at this time. Yes, yes, right. we are. That okay. is exactly what we're doing. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page here. <laughs> Let's see. Right. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Philip the Fourth of France, back right. in thirteen seven. Okay. Was there anything else interesting that you, or the more interesting things that you found that you found about secret societies that you'd like to? divulge sorry i mean i looked at things like you know the knights of the templar obviously but i also looked at like the molly Maguires, and they were actually really violent they sound and, violent i mean <laughs> they actually sound pretty violent i can compare them to would be like almost like the irish version of the kkk like, oh, wow. they were going out, and they were, like, killing people who did not agree with them. 
and didn't have the same uh, standards as them. Huh. I mean, it was it was crazy how how different all of these different societies could be. I mean, you had the ones that were helping people, like the ones that set up health insurance for their for their members, but then you also had like the Molly Maguires who were like, hey, you know what, go out and kill some people today. Yeah, we're bored. Let's yeah. kill some people. Yeah, exactly. That sounds about so right. I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, no, actually it is. Um, Shelbs, what do you got? So, ninjas are real, people. Of course so ninjas, are real. <laughs> ninjas are real. Ninjas are real. <laughs> so, there was uh, the Secret Society, which this is probably the funnest name. The Hashishashin. Say it again. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Can, can we get another sound bite for the people in the back? <laughs> the Hashishashin. Say that three times fast. Amalgam Files listeners. There's a lot of Hashishashin in there. I like that. But they actually were assassins of Persia, so which I thought was interesting because I didn't even notice this until I did more research. They actually mentioned this society in the movie Marco Polo on Netflix. It was a uh, one of the like assassin societies that they had mentioned on there, okay. and they were founded around in the 11th century, and they pretty much were covert murderers or assassins that like targeted huge like political and religious leaders pretty much through Persia, Syria, and Turkey through that time. So awesome. So we have Irish killers and we've got Persian ones. Exactly. And another one I thought was interesting, which I had no idea about, is a uh, they were called Unification or Death, pretty much known as the Black Hand. And mm, I've actually heard of them. Yeah. I've heard of the Black Hand before. So they were actually Syrian rebels, and they were formed around 1901 by officers in the Syrian army. And they actually are allegedly involved in the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, which led to uh, started this, World yeah, War which started I? World War One. Apparently, these guys potentially started World War One. <laughs> wow! Fabulous. So I thought that was very interesting. No, that's <laughs> yeah, that's kind of awesome. I mean, not that they killed the guy, but <laughs> yeah, no, not awesome, but kind of awesome. Yeah, it was definitely kind of awesome. I mean, if people died, but you know, unfortunately, that happens when awesome when awesome goes down. So you know, <laughs> it go it happens. What like was deal? Sometimes. You just started a world war. Hey, look. I mean, know. I don't think many people can say, "Hey, I started a world war, guys." I mean, I certainly have tried. But, you know, it didn't, it didn't take. I was going to say, how is that going, Ian? Well, no, no, no. I, I've, I've refuted my evil ways since then, and I do podcasts now. The, the best way are to... Are you responsible <laughs> for the murder hornets? It, it was all you Ian. Are, no comment. <laughs> no comment. If I've learned anything from Al Capone, I've learned that. No comment. <laughs> the murder hornets are not my direct responsibility, quote, unquote. Um... Uh, for me, um, I found so many different interesting things about secret societies, more so about why they were here and um, the infrastructure to a lot of them and what that means for the world around us, um, which I really found very fascinating. Um, honestly, you know, you, you think about these things or you hear about them, uh, you know, the, the Rosicrucians, the Illuminati, the Knights Templar, the Black Hand, uh, 
White Lotus. Uh, you hear about all these different people. And, um, you know, you do your research and you, and, you, and you read up on them and you figure some things out. But it's more so the influence that some of these groups have had throughout time that, like, nobody knows. Like, a lot of people just don't realize um, how powerful, you know, these hidden organizations are and how they influence a lot of the decisions during the time. Like you said, you know, these men killing this one guy started the entire, made the entire world go to war, you know, uh, you know, let that sink in for a second, you know, thinking about the scope of that. It's like you go out and throw a pebble into a, a, a pond and it causes ripples. But when those ripples affect the world at large around you, it's, it's definitely worth contemplating or at least thinking of. Um, from different angles. So I think that's the, the most interesting thing I found out is some of the reach and scope of some of these organizations and um, how they started. Um, where literally, I mean, we were kind of making light of it where it's like, yeah, I think I'll just get up and take over the world or kill a few people today. And that's literally how it starts. Like, there's not a whole lot more to that. Like, it really starts with people just waking up one day and saying, well, I think I want to reach ultimate enlightenment. So yeah, I'm going to start that today. And um, it kind of just snowballs from there, which I think is very interesting. Um, my next question. Uh, sorry, I'm having a little trouble with my notes here. Molder meter, scoliometer. Ladies, where do we fall? Because, you know, I like to ask this question individually, but the three of us have got to come to some type of resolution, even if that resolution is we all disagree but we've got to come to some kind of resolution. So Moldometer, Scoliometer, where do you fall? Do secret societies exist today? And if they do, do you believe that their influence is as prominent as it once was? Uh, Shelby. 100%. They are definitely real. They are definitely still out there. <laughs> like, w without a doubt in my mind. <laughs> All right, she's all the way she's all the way Mulder all, on this one. All the way, guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Uh, Jordan, I'm gonna have to side with Shelby on this one. I mean, even some of the ones that I researched are still in existence, and the fact that so many presidents were part of um, what was it, Skull and Bones? I mean, I kind of I kind of got to go with the fact that they almost ruled the world. And I mean, they're not just here in the U.S. There's been talk about them ruling um, over in like the United Kingdom. So, oh yeah, a lot of the ones I'm, I'm I were 100%. looking into, like a lot of the ones I did research on, weren't even in the U.S. Like one of the big ones I was looking into was over in the U.K. Okay. Yeah, a bunch of the ones I looked at, they started out in other Actually, countries ladies, and then were brought to the U.S. Actually, ladies, we are getting a call. Ooh. Yes, we are. Um, all right, you're on the Amalga Files. Who, who am I speaking to? Oh, you've got Patsy the Angry Nerd from Throwdown Thursday. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, it's Patsy. a party now, ladies. All right. <laughs> hey, Patsy, what's going on, brother? Oh, no, you know, the same old usual stuff. Um, pretty good. We were actually um, just rounding about and getting into some of our topics here. We were... Uh, talking about some of the more interesting things that we've learned about um, secret societies. And I was asking the ladies um, my my second part of the question. Um, 
which um, if you want, you can jump in, or did you just have something that you uh, wanted to share real quick? No, I'll jump, I'll jump in. Uh, what do you got? All right. Um, we were on the multimeter and the scullyometer. These are uh, two uh, different types of measurement we use to say whether or not we side with um, or agree with a topic and or don't. In this particular, um, uh, for this particular topic, we're talking about secret society. So I was asking the ladies, were they on the Mulder meter side or the scullyometer? Both ladies so far have picked the Mulder meter. Where do you stand, Patsy? Is, are there secret societies still with us now today? And if they are, um, you know, how do you feel about like if not? Or do they still have the how same? How prominent uh, are they? Yeah, are they still prominent? Do they still have the same power that they had from back then? Well, I would say I am squarely on the side of uh, Mulder with this one, so I agree with the uh, with the ladies here. Um, and the fact that we even have to have this debate kind of gives me uh, gives me reason to believe that they do still have some sort of power. You know, if we're not sure about it, chances are there's, uh, there's something clandestine going on in the background that we don't know. Okay. Well, that's um that's actually mm -hmm. uh, funny because I'm going to round the bases here and bring us home, and I agree as well. I, I, I'm not sure about global power, but definitely enough to affect a country and or make decisions that lead to global ramifications. But as far as like six guys sitting in the basement that rule all of the world, I just, it's, it's with all the chaos and all the things that go on, to me, that part of it is pretty um, near impossible um, just to be able to coordinate everything. And of course they wouldn't be able to have the reach or the resources to, you know, keep track of everyone and, you know, start all kinds of hell. But you can't deny that large groups of powerful men have had some type of influence in the world around us and um, how that's shaped and what it's brought us to today. So I agree with you guys as well. I have to say that they do exist. I'm not sure of uh, what scale their powers on or, or, or what kind of power they still have, but do they exist? Absolutely. And are they relevant today? Absolutely. Um, which kind of brings me into the next part of this discussion. Um, since we have pretty much all agreed <laughs> that uh, secret societies do in fact exist, um, how do you think that they affect us on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, do you look at, well, obviously you wouldn't look at President Trump and say, okay, yeah, this guy's in the Illuminati, but other world leaders that you have come across and um, have noticed like the way that they do things. Like I watched this interview with George Bush and, um, it was during this, it was a YouTube video I was watching concerning the topic. And um, they were like, yeah, it's really creepy how he said certain things in this, uh, in this little dissertation he did you know, in front of the world or whatever. And he was actually talking about the new world order. And when he did it, he was just very you know, uh, confident that this was going to be a thing and that it was going to take hold and that it was going to work. And his face as he was talking was just like, he had this smirk, like he knew something no one else knew. And it just kind of, you know, when you look at these world leaders and when you see these different things, like you're watching the State of the Union address or you're watching some United Nations uh, debate, and do you think to yourself, like, yeah, totally Illuminati. Yeah, definitely. Like, these are definitely think, these people. I think with certain, with certain people, uh, that's certainly an option. I mean, you look at George Bush, like you were just saying, um, you know, and not just, you know, uh, you know, 
George W. Bush, George, you know, and his, his son as well, you know, both, both of them together because their legacies at Yale, which is, of course, home to Skull and Bones. So, you know, I think that they might know something and maybe, you know, at the same time, you know, if you, you know, kind of overplay your hand and kind of exaggerate it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, the New World Order, yeah, that's totally what we're doing, you know? Uh, like <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe in The Purloined Letter, the best, right. way to, the best way to hide is right out in the open. Hmm. That's actually a pretty interesting spin on it, um, thinking in retrospect. Um, ladies, I'm going to kick this one out to you, too. Um, <clears throat> being that Patsy kind of worded it that way, hiding right out in plain sight, like, wouldn't that be the best place for a, a super secret like organization of powerful men trying to control the world? Like, does it really matter that you know this? About? I mean, come on, like some of these people, like the Rothschilds or, 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 or like the Rockefellers, like there's no secret that these people have ridiculous, stupid money and influence over everything that they survey. Um, you know, how, how does that, how does that make you guys feel when you think about it or you see these different figures and, the media and, and, and different um, venues. What do you what do you think when you see them? Is it the kind of the same thing? Like, yeah, totally, totally Illuminati. Or this guy's definitely a Knights Templar. Like, it, it, he just, he's not wearing the cross on his chest, but he's definitely down. Um, is that kind of the same kind of feel you guys get when you're watching and seeing these different medias? So I'll go ahead and uh, kind of go first, but. Um, okay. So when I think of these secret societies and I think of the amount of pool that they have over everyone, I see it as in a sense like we almost don't even care. We've gotten to the point to where these people have such amount of pool, especially when it comes to like law and order and stuff like that, that we almost just turned a blind eye to it, almost as like a status quo type thing. Like, I know some organizations, like, become so big and so prominent that it makes people even question their morals. Like, hmm, maybe they are kind of making sense. Maybe we should kind of fall in line to what they're doing. And, I mean, mm. for, for example, like, Nazis, for example. Like, mm. at first, they were like, this definitely is, like, doesn't sound right. But then, obviously, they started getting that brainwash of a sense. And they're like, oh, maybe they are making sense. Or, I mean, obviously fear for their life as well so they just kind of fall right into line and keep their mouth shut and um i i actually want to piggyback off of that that's actually a really really good point um you bring up the nazis and you think about like you know regular people in germany who were like farmers or you know uh good workers or masons or whatever that were just living their normal lives and here comes this guy you know, like, let's, you know, let's make ourselves better than, you know, everyone else on the planet. And while we're at it, destroy an entire race of people. And it's like just people who wouldn't like grandma sitting on her, her porch at the time, rocking back and forth. Like, how did you get her to co-sign this? Like, yeah, kill the Jews. You know, that's that's a great idea. Like, how did you get the minds and the hearts of these people? And you think about the, you know, the charismatic and, you know, power and resources behind some of these men. But I don't think of that when I think of Hitler. Like, here's a guy who's not even from the same country and, like, kind of just was there and ended up, like, winning the hearts and minds of everyone around him and then kind of, you know, forcing this agenda out and got all these people to kind of co-sign. And it's like, how in the hell? Like, when you think about it in retrospect, like, how did he do that? How did he, like, 
take this whole country and turn it on its ear and then, you know, take its entire military and start going after these people or starting, you know, starting this war. And, and just as a kind of a springboard into thinking that into other secret societies, like how do they get the people, these people to drink the Kool-Aid? Like, okay, yeah, let's, uh, this is a good idea. So let's do this. Like is money and influence that powerful to the point where you throw a little bit around and it literally can, you know, turn decent people into murderers or, or, or conspire to do something evil in the first place. And, you know, that's, that's just a, a really wild train of thought. Like as soon as you brought him up, that's the first thing I thought of was like, damn, that's actually a really good example. Like he, you know, kind of just won the hearts and minds of people. And how, how did that happen? How did they get them to kind of agree or go along with this? What do you guys think? Patsy, what do you think about that? As a matter of fact, well, I can, uh, I can say if you if you really want uh, an example for this, and I'm sure the girls will uh, you know agree, uh, just look at what's been going on for the last three years. Mm. You know, yeah. um, there's this very personality where oh, this guy says what I'm thinking. You know, and it's you know you get to the point where you know no matter what happens, you know you don't take responsibility for things. Even if it is your fault, you're never wrong. You never apologize. You never admit that you've made a mistake. You never admit that, you know, the other side is right. You know, you can have video evidence of you saying one thing and then, you know, completely contradict it. And like, oh, I never said that. That's not true. I don't know what you're talking about. You're a liar. You know, and this is something that leaders have done throughout history where they appeal to certain uh sections of the community, certain sections of, you know, the, uh, the population where, you know, they have that specific leaning and you just kind of nudge them a little bit. And it's like, well, if, you know, someone in a position of power, you know, that is a widely respected office, if they think this way, then the way I feel must also be correct. So, I should go for this and follow this and whatever he says, I got to make sure that I follow and live my life that same way. Mm. And just to kind of touch on the, uh, you know, the uh, secret society stuff of like, you know, how they've kind of transitioned into this day and age, um, you know, back in the day, it was really hard for specific groups to kind of keep track with each other and, and, you know, know who was who, but now with the advances in technology that we have, it's so easy. You know, you have these people that are complaining, oh, I don't want to get the, you know, coronavirus vaccine because, you know, they're going to put a microchip in me and they're going to they're gonna uh, be tracking me as they type that into their handheld GPS tracking unit <laughs> where they share all of their information. Being on Google or being on any kind of having any kind of smartphone automatically uh, puts you in the realm of being able to be tracked. I don't know if I don't know if these guys watch Enemy of the State, you know, a movie with Will Smith, but uh, that's how it works now. If you have a phone, you're you're in. <laughs> you're definitely. It, they it can really is. You. you know, all these people are like, oh, I don't. I would never get an Alexa because you know I don't want anyone tracking me. Like, okay. <laughs> well, I hope you don't have an, an iPhone or an Android. My or ads prove that that's wrong <laughs> or or have ever uh you know been a part of the you know a census taking like that that also uh counts as well i mean it's, it's a it's a form of tracking so it's just ridiculous like i mean come on they're they're watching us big brother has been real for decades now and you, oh, know, and you you 
No, what was that? The Justice Department, the Justice Department uh, can now, at any time, whenever they want, uh, look up your, your browsing history. They okay. don't need a warrant. Okay. That passed yesterday. Okay. That make, well, that makes sense. I mean, it, it, because you have uh, all these different social media outlets and, you know, stopping threats before they actually start and suicide prevention, things of that nature and marketing, it, it just, it makes, I, I kind of, I knew that it was going to go that way. Facebook actually does that. Facebook actually runs um, random algorithms and has different programs that kind of help keep track of people and what they, what they've uh, searched for, what they watch, what they, what they view. Um, and I, I noticed that a while back. So that's, I, I kind of knew that that was going to come at some point uh, sooner or later. Um, so that's actually, yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And that just passed well, yesterday. I, I will say this when it comes to like that type of, you know, when, when it comes to algorithms, like if you say specific keywords, you know, in your social media posts or, you know, in the vicinity of your device or, you know, there's your Amazon shopping habits because all that's tied together. You use the same email address to log into everything for the most part, yeah. um, all that stuff. That, you know, I can understand when you get a targeted ad, like, oh, I was just talking about this earlier today. Oh, look, you know, I need, you know, banana guacamole. Like, I was just talking about that earlier today. <laughs> the thing that, that makes me think, you know, that, that there's secret society stuff and there's some sort of tracking going on with people is when you're thinking about something and then it shows up in a targeted ad. And I'm sure you guys have had Yeah, that no, that's too. actually, yeah, yeah. no, that's happened. That I get happened. that all the time. <laughs> that just happened to me yesterday. <laughs> you're having a conversation about it or, you, or you, uh, you talk about it in passing and the next thing you know, it kind of just mysteriously pops up in your timeline or in a feed or you get some kind of commercial. Yeah, that that is kind of, it is. I, and I sent my husband a picture. <laughs> I sent my husband a picture in my text messages and all of a sudden got ads related to said picture. Oh, wow. See, yeah, that's. Yeah, I didn't yeah, even, man. I didn't even put anything like in the message. It was just, it was literally a picture that I took that I sent to him and he sent me back like a smiley face or whatever. No, nothing was ever mentioned about in the picture. But then I got a bunch of ads later that day that yep, were moving around the picture. No, nope, so, it's the Illuminati. That's who did it. They're, they're, so they, something they that, that just happened to me like a few days ago, and it creeped me out, was so obviously females have that time of the month. And my female time of the month had came, and obviously I wasn't going around telling people this. I didn't tell anyone about it. Well, you, are now. you don't announce it. You don't well, announce no, it to everybody. I don't announce it. But <laughs> Is I, that a thing? Like, do they, do, do I do. do that, I walk do outside know? and I scream it for the whole neighborhood. <laughs> but like that exact day that I started, I was getting ads for pills for cramps and oh all these God. other things. And I was like, how did they know? Because I wasn't going around talking about this. Well, if they, if again, if they go by purchases, if they you, heard that uh, tampon wrapper, female, they, they heard uh, it. Products, a week ago, I mean, a month ago, around the same time. I mean, it's not, unfortunately for you guys, it's not really, you know, mystical. This is something that's going to happen. So it could have been a purchase. It could have, and that's the thing is you don't know. You don't know where this information or how they're gathering it. And I'm kind of rerouting it back to uh, what we were talking about, secret societies. Do you think that they have a big hand in that? Like, as far as these algorithms and programs that are out there, do you think like, like they take that information and use it towards their global agenda of making everybody, uh, 
I don't know. I, what are the, some of their agendas? Like, what are like, what's the point? Okay, you have this secret society with all this influence, power, and money, and and can do anything in the world. And like, what's your, what are we doing here? Like, Trump's the president. Uh, you know, we have the coronavirus. I mean, they can really do anything they want. Yeah, but what are they doing? Like, you look at the state oh. of the world, and you think like, well, well I mean, what, you guys sleep at the wheel. What the hell's going on? Well, you have I mean, people like you. Even look at look at again what's going on right now. You have people that are out, you know, demanding that the economy opens up. Like, oh, we need to get haircuts, and we need to go to work, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. And it's like, okay, well, you know, of the, you know, you know, you, you keep reading about these giant corporations that get millions of dollars in bailouts, and you know. We get $1,200 each, you know, and we're not millionaires. We're not billionaires, you know, but, you know, it's, you know, oh, it's socialism. It's socialism if you want, you know, any help from the government. It's like we keep giving money to these huge corporations. And there are people fighting, the, 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 the folks that are at home, like, hey, I could really use another 1200 bucks, or I could really use another boost, or I would really like to have universal health care. And there are people on the other side like, no, that's communism, that's socialism. And I think that's part of their agenda, but keeping the yeah. wealth gap of the folks that, co- that control everything up at the top and the people at the bottom, you know, there's this huge gap, as we know, and I think they're trying to maintain that, and they've been doing a very good job. Okay. Well, real quick before we well, and I, I don't think that all of them have a realistic vision of what the everyday person goes through anyway. Well, yeah, how could they I mean, know? There was yeah. one politician. There was one politician who was talking about twelve hundred dollars should last everybody four months. And it's like, <laughs> have you have you have you lived yeah. anywhere? Because that won't even cover rent. For yeah, months. it won't even it's cover just, most people's mortgage. So, like, that's nuts. Um. Real quick before we go into our commercial break, I wanted to get out our last question. Um, if you, ladies and Patsy, were the leader of one of these secret societies, like, okay, you are now the leader of the Illuminati. Congratulations. Um, what would be the first thing in the world that you would change? What would be the first thing that you would want to affect with your newfound power? Um, we'll start with Shelby. We'll go to no. Actually, we'll start with Patsy, and then we'll go to Jordan, and then we'll go to Shelby. Patsy. For me, I think I would uh, see. I'm not. I'm not an evil bad guy, so that's tough to it's tough to pick. But I'll probably do something regarding you know, you know, somehow helping people. Okay. You know, whether it's education or or, you know, distribution of food, because there's no reason why people anywhere in the world need to be hungry. Right. Like, there's no, there's no reason for that. Okay. All right. So he's going the humanitarian route. I like that. Um, Shelby? Um, so me, I personally would make, uh, I'm pretty sure I know Canada does this, I believe, but, like, healthcare. I know that is the biggest thing, and there's so many people. I know, especially during this virus, the, it was. I know it wasn't broadcasted on the news, but if you look it up, there have actually been hundreds of people that have died in hotel rooms 
because hospitals have refused to see them even though they were tested positive for the virus because they did not have health care. Oh, wow. And, I mean, even if you look at, like, chemo patients and other people with very, very crazy diseases, it's just so expensive for them, and it shouldn't be. And I'm like, people shouldn't have to pay an absurd amount of money just to live. So I think definitely for me, it would be healthcare. All right. Okay, two for the humanitarian route. Jordan, come on, throw us a curveball here. You know, no enemies list, no, no, um, no puppies that need to get blown up, nothing. Same basic concept. I'd, I'd go with world hunger. Okay. Um, I think I would help people out, but there's a few things. I got a list. I made a list. Yeah, you might want to sit down for this one. Um, but, um, yeah, I made a list. All right, first of all, I'm going after Fox for what they did to the X-Men movies. I mean, I'm going to do my humanitarian <laughs> thing, too. I'm gonna oh, do that. Gosh. I'm gonna I'm gonna save the puppies and and Christmas and children and stuff. But then I'm going after Fox. All the executives that were in charge at Fox when they made the X Men movies, all those people are going down. Every single one of them. I don't know how yet, but they're all going down. Um, the next thing, um, is I am going to insert myself in at least three of the Marvel movies. I haven't decided which three, but I am definitely going to be uh, starring in at least three of them. Um, I haven't decided what superhero I'm going to be, but I'm in the Marvel movies as of from here on out. Um, and I don't know. I mean, having that much power and influence, I think that my biggest ire, I think, would that I would do with that kind of influence and power is I think I would I could go for world change as well. But um, I think it would be on a different kind of level. I think I would go for a more social conscious kind of thing than I think saving people. Uh, what's how does that saying go? If you teach a guy, if you give a guy a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a guy to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. I yeah. think that would be the route. I think education, uh, uh, teaching people how to be better people, would be my forte. I don't think that anything else would be as long lasting. I mean, because you, you, it's like plugging your hand, you're you know plugging one hole in a dike with uh, your finger, and then water comes sprouting out somewhere else. It's it's there's not a whole lot that you can do because again, the world is so fluid and, and, and moves in and out of itself so differently. So I think that would be my thing. I would definitely uh, go for some kind of reform outside of going after all the people at Fox and putting myself in the Avengers movies. Definitely, definitely education or some type of social reform. And I think I would do it the way Patsy said it. I think I would do it very obviously in plain sight, but as secretively as possible. Um, kind of hiding in plain sight kind of thing. Like, hey, this is good for you. You should do it. And then, you know, now that we've been talking, I'm starting to see why a lot of these secret societies do what they do. <laughs> I'm starting to, I'm starting to uh, play the devil, feel the devil's advocate for some of them because I get it. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, if I wanted social reform or, or, or world-renowned ra- um, education on, on different topics, like, I, you'd have to be sneaky. You'd have to be cunning to get that done like people aren't just going to line up and be like yeah change me you know what i mean like you have to kind of uh-huh. like you know get them to drink the kool-aid in the most uh inadvertent way so that's actually i'm starting to understand from a devil's advocate side uh why they do what they do um yeah so that's my last question um we're actually going to go to a commercial break patsy did you have anything else that you wanted to share before we let you off the air uh, no, I just want to say thanks for uh, taking my call. Thanks for uh, letting me on the air. and uh, Thanks for uh, 
putting together a great show, and you guys always make some great points, and I'm uh, happy to be a part of it. Oh, thanks, Patsy. We really appreciate it, and um, we hope to get you on the next show. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, definitely let us know what you think after you hear the next show, and um, hopefully we'll have you on again real soon. Oh, I do want to plug one thing. Oh, please, go for uh, it. Miss Shelby will be joining me on next week's episode of Shark Bites. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Along with a couple other ladies, we're going to be talking about uh, self-care during quarantine and uh, why it's important and uh, some tips and tricks from uh, some of the ladies of the uh, podcasting and, and movie and uh, makeup artist industry. So, uh, Wait a minute, you guys are going to be trading beauty tips and you didn't invite the boy wonderful. I am so hurt. Ian, I don't know if they need to know how to polish their head. <laughs> Okay, I can't wait. Now I'm all now I'm all a tingle. I can't wait to see how, how this turns out. I'm gonna be listening in on Shark Bites. Um, when is that? That'll be uh, Tuesday. That'll come out. All right, awesome, awesome. Well, you definitely have one listener right here. I'm definitely gonna be uh, tuning in to see what the, the ladies have for us. Excellent. Awesome, and thanks so much again, Patsy, for joining us and uh, and giving us your two bits. Well, thanks for uh, having me. You guys take care. All right, you too. Thanks, Patsy Rahal, for calling in, our, our favorite angry nerd, and giving us your two bits. Um, we're going to shoot it over to our um, sponsors over at Deadly Grounds Coffee and go to a commercial break. Coffee so good, it is to die for. It's actually really good coffee. For those people who hear us promoting this uh, Deadly Grounds Coffee and probably thinking, oh, that's you know, just part of the show business. They got to do it you know, to pay the bills. No, this is some pretty damn good coffee, and I have... I have a bag of the blueberry, and it is amazing. So Ooh, please. <laughs> blueberry! Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, that. <laughs> I actually, I got just got a bag about a week ago, and um, I think Taryn had uh, sent it up. She uh, she got a couple of bags and sent me one, um, just you know, so we could try the product that we're plugging. And um, I gotta tell you, it's some damn good coffee. <laughs> it is really good. So if you do not have any Deadly Grounds coffee, get you some. Uh, you'd be doing yourself a favor. Um, before we go to our commercial break and um, have our sponsors do their thing, um, I also wanted to bring up the Amalga Subbox. For all of those who are nerds and love nerd things, um, pop culture, uh, comic book, anime, movie, music, whatever you love, um, we're going to be doing subscription boxes. And those subscription boxes are going to have different um, items in them. We're going to be giving away action figures, T-shirts, uh, memorabilia, and all other kinds of awesomeness. So um, stay tuned. Um, the Amalga Market uh, store, online store, is being restocked as we speak. And you will be able to purchase uh, not only the Amalga sub sub subscription boxes, but you'll also be able to order... Um, Amalgamania t-shirts. Um, we are going to be relaunching our t-shirt effort and um, so that you can get yourself some Amalgamania body bags. Hook yourself up. Uh, definitely get you some. And um, inquire about the subscription boxes. Again, we're going to be um, unveiling the first few on Show & Tell next week. So if you're a fan of Show & Tell, Amalga Show & Tell, please show up and um, check the video out. We're gonna be unveiling the first couple subscription boxes and showing you guys. We're actually gonna be giving one away as well. So um, yeah, let us know what you guys think and um, we can't wait to see you guys in the online store and uh, letting us 
you know, give give you some of our wares. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to the good people at Deadly Grounds Coffee, and uh, we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. All right, so we are back. This is the Amalga Files. I am still the boy, wonderful Ian Wallace, and she is still Shelby Crodo, and of course, she is still Jordan Lynn Epperson, and we are bringing you the Amalga Files. Um, we got one call in so far. Great to hear from Patsy, as always. Um, I kicked out the rest of my questions, and um, we kicked it over to our sponsors over at Deadly Grounds Coffee. Don't forget to check out um, next week's episode of Shark Bites where they're going to be going over some awesome beautification uh, tips and tricks while doing the home quarantine thing. I can't wait to tune in and, and get some, uh, some good uh, you know, ideas on what to do to keep myself beautiful. Not that I have to try too hard, but I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's more that I could do. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, now we are ready to discuss the topics that we targeted. Um, I know we all kind of um, have been looking into different secret societies, of course, uh, throughout time and obviously throughout this program, but I'm sure there's one that resonated with you more so than others. Before we actually getting into discussing them, I want to get um, a roll call of what society you decided that you wanted to kind of focus on more because if we have um, you know, the same ones, I want us to kind of team up on one rather than going, talking about the same one three different times or talking about one twice or whatever. So um, who did you guys pick? Don't everybody answer at once. Yeah, long, long pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do I'll, need I'll, an answer, though. <laughs> well, I have a bunch of them, so I, I don't know how many Shelby looked up. But uh, I, I'd let her go first in case she doesn't have 10 of them. Okay. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Jordan is swinging I'm, for the fences. All well, right. I'm sorry. I am underprepared. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are compared to 10 of them. I mean, like, dang. I, I feel unprepared. I, I, I did a good four or five of them thinking I was yeah. the guy who was going to know everything. And I feel right. like, okay, well, fine, Jordan, since you know everything. Um, you overachiever, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but um, I picked. Um, oddly enough, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Rothschilds. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rothschilds. Um, because they've been, you know, they've said it's been said that they were connected to a lot of different secret societies, but I want to focus mainly on them. Uh, because they, I found them the most interesting. So that's going to be mine. And um, Jordan obviously has a few. Shelby, did you have one in particular that you wanted to kind of stamp as your target society? 
Um, well, definitely the one I really wanted to talk about is uh, Ordo Templi Orientis. Okay. So that that was pretty I was really going to focus on. Okay, so we all obviously all have different ones. Um, what did Shelby say hers was? Uh, I can't say that again. Shelby, uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, Ordo Templi Orientis. Ordo Templi Orientis. I don't, I don't think anyone has this. This might even be a secret society that Shelby started in the last, like, 48 hours. So we don't yes. know. And there's one other member, and it's her dog. Yeah, like, we don't know who exactly is in this secret society, but we are positive that Shelby is 100% Just, It's a secret society of me and my dogs, I if anyone that, wants right. to join. Secretly ruling the world. All right. We okay. have tacos and Mountain Dew. All right, I'm down. Sold. I am down. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, so, okay, yeah, we'll start with Shelbs, then we'll go to Jordan, and I'll finish up. So, um, Shelby? Awesome. So, obviously, um, their name, Ordo Templi Orientis, I just think that's just rolls off the tongue. It's very interesting. No, it actually um, really doesn't. It, <laughs> I think it rolls wow. uphill across the tongue. Like, it's like... <laughs> I tried to say it when uh, Jordan was like, who did Shelby say? <laughs> right. It was like, and then, and then Jordan's like, what did she say? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she said. <laughs> I, I, I totally made this up, guys. It's not I know they were words, but I don't, I don't know what they, you know, I don't know. Out of my uh, expertise. <laughs> so this is a mystical organization that was actually founded in the 20th century. And one of the most notable members that came to be pretty much the leader of this organization is Aleister Crowley. Ooh, he was it, okay. he was an English occultist, and actually, Ozzy Osbourne, his song "Mr. Crowley" is actually made about Aleister Crowley. So, this whole organization, um, it pretty much was he used it to popularize a religion known as Thelma, which he pretty much believed that he was this prophet and he was entrusted with guiding humanity into the eon of Horus. So pretty much all that mumbo jumbo is pretty much, he believed that uh, pretty much history was made up of different eons and these different eons had different magical and religious expressions. And he thought it was his duty to guide humanity into this next eon. And, I mean, he was a very notable prophet and actually was very open about practicing ceremonial magic and whatnot. So, and this was like a real organization, like one that you can Google and look up and they actually did stuff so it's not like one where like it's more like the illuminati where you don't know as much about them and it hasn't been confirmed mm-hmm. where this one was definitely confirmed and they definitely were doing some weird stuff <laughs> okay all right and so see i've heard a lot about essentially like pretty much it started off as like a secret society that he pretty much had the members of it morph into 
a cult essentially. Well, see, I, I did. A, I actually, this has come up not only because um, Crowley's come up in different um, iterations of topics that we've done, but um, this is how the Wiccans and um, a lot of that culture, um, a lot of those different sects of Wiccans, um, this is how it got started. Um, witches and um, people that believe in spiritual healing and and, um, and uh, physical magic of the new age. Like this is how that got started. Like uh, th- this organization is is the root to a lot of that. So I thought that was pretty interesting and and definitely left field. I would have never thought um, to to bring them up as a topic. That's actually a pretty good pick, Shelby. You know, thinking oh, yeah. back on it, like that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I was just looking into some really weird ones that I hadn't heard of before, and this one was just very bizarre to me like they thought like uh like they pretty much had different branches of this organization that practiced different things of like magic and different stuff like that and they had their own like ceremonies and rituals and one of the like their like key like teachings and like core practices is they practice sex magic (laughs) i don't know what exactly that means but I'm like, I guess they pretty much just used sexual activity inside of their magic and ritual religious pursuits, I guess. Hey, so do I. People people tend to uh, release more energy, in in theory. Um, I like how she caught that at the last minute and threw that in theory. In in theory, guys. Yeah, like I like that. That was a good. That was a good save. It wasn't like this is this is something totally I have firsthand experience with or anything like that. But in theory, (laughs) in theory, That definitely makes more sense. I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're down? Or, are we joining this organization? I am all for the sex magic. Yeah, I'm all for the sex it's magic. Especially, it's especially used for, like, fertility type of um, rituals, which, I mean, totally makes sense. I mean, fertility, sex, they kind of they go together. So. Well, yeah, it is up the same alley. Yes, that is correct. So, um, but that's which they actually have their own website just so you guys know they have their own website where you can learn about their laws and different teachings so that's how official they are all right sex magic i'm down let's do it if we're not already doing it we should be we should we should be (laughs) working on it I guess they also have their own podcast. I'm I'm scrolling through their page. They have their own podcast, guys. Of course they do. Who wouldn't want to listen to the Sex Magic podcast? Like, come on. (laughs) I I guess so. I'm actually kind of curious about what they discuss each. That is also what I'm curious. I don't know if it's, like, more of, like, a religious podcast or what exactly they're talking about. I might have to do more investigation on this. Not because of the sex magic, but because no, of the podcast. No. Right, 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 right. This, yeah. this, this is a holy channel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely for research purposes. I, no, absolutely. I got you. I got you. Wink. We, w- this is a pure channel, guys. Right, right, right. No, this is me. No, I was doing the wink on the... It, it was the, a digital the wink. wink. Yeah, across the, the exactly. air. Exactly. 
Um, Jordan, what do you got? I know you got. I know you have a few different societies you wanted to go over, but let's do your top three as we are inching ever uh, uh, closely to the abyss here. Well, they are a secret. They were actually originally called the Core Fellows Soldiers of Christ and the Temple of Solomon. Yeah, see, I'm not joining anybody with that name. No, not doing it. So they they shortened it to the Knights Templar because most of the people were soldiers, otherwise known as Knights back then. Okay. So, um, in... 1118, uh, it was a French knight. His name was, I'm going to butcher this, and I'm, I, I apologize to this man, posthumous. Um, Hugues de Payens, um, and he created it and headquartered it at Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Okay. Um, let's see. The members, they pledged to a life of chastity, obedience, and poverty, abstaining from <laughs> abstaining from gambling, alcohol, and even swearing. Oh, so basically no. So oh, basically no. these people are the opposite of um Shelby's secret society. Oh. Yeah, I'd get kicked out. They would definitely kick me out the first week. They'd be like, Oh, there'll be none of that here. Um, they were known for their military prowess and a moral lifestyle. So it was actually seen as like this, I don't know, it, it, they, were, they were basically upper class society because people thought so highly of them because of their morals. Um, let's see, they were one of the most wealthy and powerful forces in Europe and they they then opened their own bank as a, as a result of this. Um, in 1139, Pope Innocent II exempts them from any taxes, and the only authority that they had to answer to was the Pope himself. So they were basically excused from any laws, in, in theory at least. Um, then in 1307, King Philip IV of France was denied additional loans, and so he arrested and tortured knights until they made false confessions of depravity. Um, dozens of knights were burned at the stake as a result for their, for their crimes of depravity that were false. You know, I came across that way of um, of executing people a lot during uh, my research was burning at the stake. Like, that is such a messed up way to kill people. Well, and it really sucks because they didn't do anything. They didn't actually commit any of these crimes. Yeah, they just wouldn't give the guy money. Yeah, right. They were just tortured into admitting these things because they wouldn't give the king an additional loan, which, as we've already established, if you're the, if you're the king of France and you need a bunch of loans, yeah, you're doing something what, what wrong, you, right? What are you really doing? Yeah, like, like I don't, I, I didn't get that. Like you're the king. What do you need loans for? Like you should have money, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you would think they would have the whole treasury at their disposal, but apparently not. Um, I guess that's how they rule in, in France. Yeah, and then in 1312, um, so five years later, uh, Pope Clement V, uh, he was pressured by the French crown. Shocker. Um, he basically ordered the the dissolution of the order and redistributed all of the wealth from the banks. Okay. And that was that was in theory the end of it. I mean, there's still obviously rumors of um, members still existing and protecting. Uh, Christian artifacts. I mean, it was in what was it, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Yeah, I, I actually remember had, that. That one. they had, that they had the the uh, one of the last knights of the Templar. He was protecting the Holy Grail. So, I mean, we still hear about about rumors of them still existing, but nobody knows for sure that they actually do still exist. Okay. It's actually a pretty good uh, show topic, the Holy Grail and what that means. And I think I'm going to keep that in the mental notes. I'm going to put that on my mental sticky tab for later. Like hmm, that. That'd be an interesting topic yeah, like to the go whole, over. The Holy Grail has always been, because of the uh, different factions of it and all the stuff concerning and surrounding it, I think that would be a good topic one time. It's just for us to go after it and see what we can find out. Oh, for sure. I got dibs if anyone finds it. You you call Dibsies? Yeah, Dibsies on the Holy But But Ian, what if I need something to put my chalky milk in? I'm sorry, Shelby. It's the only way I'm getting into heaven. But we need the holy chocolate milk. Well, okay. Well, you do. Well, holy chocolate milk does sound kind of awesome. You know, I think think we may be able to timeshare. If we can get me into heaven and do holy chocolate milk, I'm down. Okay. You can use it to get into heaven. I will just use it to drink chocolate milk out of. I'm down. I think that I think we can work that out. We'll figure it out. Well, first we gotta find a damn thing, and then we'll figure out what we're gonna do with it. Sounds good. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, Jordan, you were uh, finishing up with your, uh, or were you on your second one? Correct. Uh, second one. Okay. Um, let's go with the Molly Maguires since they're a little bit more uh, exciting, I guess you could say. Um, My exciting they, is, is this the ones who just like went out and randomly started killing people? Yeah, they were the ones that were they were okay. out committing illegal activity. All right, just making sure. Yeah, um, that's actually part of why they're called the Molly Maguires, apparently. Right. Um, because when they were going out to commit illegal activities, they um, would dress as women. <laughs> All right. I'm interested. They would, they would, Go they on. Would, uh, <laughs> they would dress themselves up as women so that people wouldn't recognize them as they were committing these acts. So, funny enough, I'm glad Jordan brought that up. Just something I wanted to throw out there. Did you know that now they believe that Jack the Ripper was actually a female? Because, like she, said, because like she said, they're not going to suspect a female committing these atrocities. Especially if a female is leaving the scene, they all, like, this entire time they were looking for a male. So, just a thought. Um, let's see. Let's do the math here. Walks into your life. Lots of pain, suffering, and then it's over. (laughs) 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I could see how that fits. I could see how they missed that on the profile. But yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Ooh, no, I mean, if you're going kidding. off of that, if you're going off of that profile, <laughs> I can think of a few men that fall into that category. Well, you know, hey, look. Shelby and I make your life miserable, right? <laughs> no, not you guys. Just all the other. Women. Uh huh. <laughs> just all of the other women. No, you guys are awesome. You're cool. I, I, I very, very seldom do I have issues, but um. I can definitely see you guys dressing up in the middle of the night and killing people. Yeah. I mean, if it's um, necessary, of course. Always for, the secret, necessary. for the secret society, I mean. Not just for fun or anything. Oh, okay. Uh. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they committed a bunch of larceny um, and arson and death threats. So that's, that's primarily what they were um, dressed as women doing. Okay. Um, but it was an Irish group. They came from Ireland. It was brought over by Irish immigrants. Okay. Um, hence the name McGuire's. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 1870, 24 foremen and supervisors in Pennsylvania uh, coal mine, so the coal mine industry, um, were assassinated by them. Well, allegedly by them. <laughs> Um, so that, that was one of those groups of people that they were just like, you know what? We're going to go kill some people today. <laughs> right? Like, hey, we're was, just bored. We got yeah. you tonight. Not you killing people? You want to come? Sure. Well, it, I mean, it, it kind of made sense because there were really awful coal mine, uh, conditions for the workers so they targeted the supervisors and the foremen the people who were running the coal mines um they didn't they didn't harm any of the actual workers just the supervisors all right that's kind of noble yeah and killed 24 of them um oh wow uh Yes, they killed twenty four of them. They they assassinated them. That was that was the word that was used was assassinated. Okay. Um, the group was basically disbanded because there was a mole planted by the Pinkerton Detective Agency, who the coal mining industry had basically hired to do an investigation of the assassinations. Okay. Uh, 20 McGuire's were sentenced to death by hanging. And the the Order of the Sons of St. George was founded in 1871 to oppose the McGuire's. uh, And they basically vanished around the same time that the McGuire's did as well. But there's nothing official about them being disbanded. Oh, wow. So they could still be running around somewhere. So there was actually a secret society in opposition to another secret society. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that snowball effect when you start trying to take over the world. Other people want to do it too, and then you got all <laughs> a secret society within a secret society. <laughs> it's like inception um, of secret societies. Right. <laughs> oh man. Um, like, like I, I feel like you kind of got to be kind of a sucky secret society if you're known well enough for another secret society to come in. Like, yeah, like we don't them. like those guys. Yeah, like you kind of botched the whole secret part. If like the guys across the street are like, you guys suck. <laughs> like, you're not supposed yeah. to know about us. 
but yeah, that makes, I guess it makes that kind of sense. I mean, once you see, well, I mean, no, it doesn't, because then how did they even know that these guys existed, like, if they're a secret society? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and not to mention, it only said that the U.S. Uh, charter for the Molly Maguires was uh, disbanded because of, you know, 20 of their members being hung. But it says nothing about Ireland, where it originated from. Oh, they're probably still over there. So there very well may still be Molly Maguires over in Ireland, and there might still be the St. George's Order, um, or whatever it was called, that opposes them. Even though they vanished, they might have just gone back to Ireland, where the original society was created. Yeah, we're going to have to do some extra investigation on that. I actually want to know where they ended up and where they went. So, yeah, we're going to have to... I have to circle the bases on that one, see what we come up with. Um, did you have, was that your third? Yeah, that was your third, correct? That was my second, but you can go ahead. No, 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 please finish up. All right, well, let's see. Uh, let's go with the one that uh, created uh, health insurance, I guess. Okay. Uh, the Ancient Order of United Workmen. Uh, it was created by John Jordan Upchurch and 13 other members. Okay. Uh, and this this was in Midville, Pennsylvania in 1868. And the goal was basically better working conditions for the working class. So, I mean, it kind of sounds like he was creating a union. Um. And should a member, let's see, should a member die, each other member uh, contributed $1, which eventually they put a cap on that at $2,000 once they had, you know, so many members. Um, And that money was basically given to the family of the worker had they died. That's not bad. That's actually really good. Yeah. So this um, was like the old school Aflac. Yeah, um, right. they they unintentionally created a new kind of insurance, basically life insurance, um, and they influenced a bunch of other fr- uh, fraternal organizations to basically add insurance uh, provisions to their constitution. Um, they're no longer around, but you still see a lot of their um, standards in other societies, societies that are still around, work unions, um, and just society in general. They, they really uh, influence society as a whole, not just as a secret society. Okay. So. All right. Um, yeah. For me, it's all about the Rothschilds. Um they give me bad vibes. They, of course, they do. Even saying their name, right? Doesn't it like? Like, gives me the heebie-jeebies. It really <laughs> does, and I think that's one of the reasons why I, I kind of uh, stuck to learning a little bit about this family and what their influence was, and and why they were so interesting to me because their name has come up um, in um, a couple of different secret societies, um, not limited to the Illuminati. Um, the Rosicrucians, and um, a couple of other ones. Um, well, not but, even just secret societies, but just, you know, politics as a whole and oh, different, corpor- different corporations. Oh, 
operations as a oh, whole. Oh, I'm about to oh, I'm about to scratch all over that surface. Oh, trust me when I tell you, we are definitely hitting all of those marks. Um, good, good. <laughs> the, main, the main reason why I brought these people up is because of the retarded, ridiculous, stupid money that they have. Like it's it's astronomical the amount of like it's it doesn't even make any sense how much money these people have. Um, well, don't they also own the Federal Reserve? Well, they are largely are the reason why it started. Yes, they. Yeah, they are, are they a large uh, shareholder in the Federal Reserve? They, they, they're the main one. They are the main one. I think there's like one other family that has as much influence in the Federal Reserve, but it was these two. It was the Rothschilds, and I think it might have been whoever uh, got Morgan, J.P. Morgan, started. Oh, okay. okay, and it was um it was those it was two entities that started the uh, Federal Reserve Bank, which is essentially what runs a country. Like the Federal, well, Reserve, the Federal Reserve is actually just a corporation that is owned in the U.S. Um, well, it's, it's not actually it's not actually part of the U.S. government. No, it's will. not. It's not. It's a privately owned banking. Network. Just like uh, the FDIC. The FDIC is a, um, I believe it's Federal Deposit Institution Corporation. Right. I think that's what it stands for. It's a corporation. It has nothing to do with actual banking. It is a corporation that is insuring your money. So, and that's how, and that's, the and that's, has what, nothing to actually do with it. And that's and what the really US well, that's what made me so interested about this because they had, that's how they made their money was like they would charge interest on money that they were giving governments and then making back like triple that amount. The U.S. government actually owes um, – everybody always hears that the U.S. government owes all this money that the – all the money is owed to China, and that is not true. The U.S. government actually owes the most money to – the U.S. to the Federal Reserve, the U.S. Federal Reserve, and most people don't know that because most people think that the Federal Reserve is actually part of the U.S. government, and it's not. Well, there are Federal Reserves throughout the whole world. There are 16 of them, I believe it is. Oh, yeah. No, there's a few uh, in different only, countries. A few, oh, yeah, there's a few. And there are only uh, two of them actually in the U.S. One is in Ohio. Uh, I can't remember where the other one is. Oh, I know this one. Um, the other one is in one's in Ohio, one's in New York. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just I just know that one's in Ohio because that's where all of our money uh, here in Virginia uh, it all goes to Ohio. Okay. That's where. Ooh, I'm from Ohio. Well, you need to help us break into the Federal Reserve, Shelby. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Yeah, they have all the money. But, um, these are these are some of the things that I learned while I worked in banking. Um. That, that aren't necessarily taught to you, but when you're stuck in a bank and they tell you that the only things that you can do when you're slow are look at banking-related things, this is what you do. You you research about the Federal Reserve. And well, I'm glad they made you like do that because you are a wellspring of banking information. Just like if you go to the Federal Reserve, um, there's a basement where they keep all of the uh, dollar coins because they do not recirculate the dollar coins unless it is specifically requested. And so there are just bags full of millions and millions of dollars in dollar coins in the Federal Reserve that go nowhere. Dibs on the dollar coins. 
<laughs> if we break into the Federal Reserve, dibs on the dollar coins. What What are you gonna do with those, Ian? I was gonna say, are you gonna make like a treasure chest and just bury it somewhere? No, I am going to 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 empty, hollow out a swimming pool and dump about four and a half million dollars in coins into my swimming pool and swim around in it like Scrooge McDuck, naked. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what anyone would do with? A, a half a billion dollars in dollar coins? Sure, sure, whatever you say. Yeah, it's the only, <laughs> it's the only logical thing. I mean, what else are you going to do? Roll them up in a sock and beat a guy to death with them? You got you to do something, you know. I mean, maybe. got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you do. So here's the interesting thing about the Rothschilds. Um, first of all, they got together with a bunch of other rich guys, and they decide, hey, look, you know, let's let's, you know, run the world essentially and the way that they did it was um you know they created this federal reserve which was like a way for countries to borrow money so that they didn't have to borrow money from other countries so if you think we still do well which yeah exactly is exactly as we still do this but um i just thought it was pretty interesting that they um that that's that this was their practice like okay uh let's uh you know loan money essentially to a um to a larger country and um you know let's let's see how that turns out for us and then the interest alone um is what gave these people all this extra money and it's like if you think about it and here's the more interesting thing is like like they they're the ones who appoint the the heads of the federal reserve and they're the ones who appoint the people who chooses where this money goes. So essentially, you know, they could decide to watch the entire United States of America, like go into financial deficit if they wanted to, like they could be like, yeah, well, no, we're not going to do anything to help you guys. So just crumble. And like, we would eventually, like we don't have the money. None of our, none of, none of the money that we have is our own. Like it's there. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. And, um, I wonder what kind of, with that kind of power and influence, and, and these are not people, I didn't hear about these people until I started um, doing research into secret societies. Like, you don't see their name a lot of places. Like, they're not, like, uh, you know, in flashing lights and, you know, come, let's watch the Rothschild's TV show. Like, these people are not actors and ballplayers or, 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 or comedians or anything. Like, these people are the, the definition of secret society. Like, they, they don't do much. They're kind of in the... And the only real no, notoriety. Oh, they do a lot. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it. out in the open, right? Exactly. Like they don't do it in the open. Whereas, like, you hear a lot about the Illuminati and the entertainment industry and all this other stuff. You don't hear a whole lot about the Rothschilds. Like, they're just kind of there. And it's like, if you don't know who they are, these people are influ influential in shaping the 20th century. So it's just kind of amazing to me that that they have been here and like you can go your whole life without ever hearing about them seriously like i didn't hear about none of, i didn't hear about the rothschild style was a grown man like i didn't know uh, who these we, people were we had to we had to learn about them vaguely when i was in middle school okay yes yeah, under what context like that's that's what i'm interested um, like how would you have gotten introduced to them we we basically had to learn about them in history class uh along with um jp morgan and uh, okay yeah that makes sense like that whole, you know, big steel, um, old money, all of that, the whole founding of America on these industries that were 
put forth the railroad industry, uh, steel, all of that. Okay. And they were yeah, that's pretty much how how I heard about them as well. Okay, through big business, then that's how you hear. About yeah. Them. Okay. That's funny because I like I didn't know who these people were until I was a grown man, and it's like who the hell is the Rothschilds? And then I start reading them, like oh, they're only like they own everything. Everything, right? They're like they only own everything. Like and I never heard about these people, so it's just kind of weird that they could be this big and that rich and just. Well, and it's funny because you have things like um, let's see, there was one of the Federal Reserves was in where was it in Iraq or. Iran or Syria, one of those, one of the countries that we went to war with, basically, and it was one of the few, I think it was like two in the entire world, um, federal reserves that the Rothschilds didn't own, Okay. and we went to war with them. Well, well, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense, like, and they also funded a lot of um, the communism and a lot of the propaganda that came with communism, like, they, they were the ones giving these people their money. Yeah. Like Russia and yeah, like they and that's the thing is like, you know, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. Yeah, like their their money was pretty much on both sides of the conflict. It's like the whole the whole Korean War. It's like yeah, well, we got our hands in both sides. (laughs) Right, like yeah, they're watching the world, you know, go through these things, and they're just like banking it, and that's it's just really weird uh, and 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 interesting to think about it from that you know perspective let us know what you guys think as well about the Rothschilds. um if there's anything else interesting you'd like to add in about them that i um haven't gotten a chance to grace over any kind of interesting facts we would definitely love to hear them um moving on to our poll before we finish up um very interesting results this week um we put out a poll uh, that says, um, you know, ask the questions. Um, do secret societies actually run the world? Um, do you know anyone who is in a secret society? Are you? Um, participate in the poll and let us know. Um, obviously, nobody told us if they were in a secret society or not, which kind of sucks. I, I, was hoping, I was hoping we might have a couple of uh, Illuminatists in the, uh, in, in the group. Well, I mean, I mean, you had... You had mentioned the book, uh, Behold the Pale Horse, and I remember when I was reading it that they did mention uh, Miter Corps, and my aunt is actually retired from Miter Corps, but I, I can it. tell you that the stuff, uh, the stuff that he was claiming wasn't anything like the stuff that she was into working there, so I, I can't confirm that higher up in the organization that it's not that way, but I can tell you at the level that my aunt worked at, it was not, it was not skull and bones, you know, sketchy secret society. (laughs) What do you think, Shelby? I totally think Jordan's down. She's down with the secret society. I mean, now we know both me and Jordan are a part of secret societies. All right. Makes sense. It it, it has been confirmed. Yeah, no, it all makes sense now. It all makes sense. Yep. Okay, so I've got I've got mine and Shelby's got hers with her dog. Okay, cool. Yeah, you guys are both, <laughs> yep, yep. You guys are both secret society um, owners and operators, and I just want to be down. And which one are you in, Ian? It's a secret. I know you you, you got to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. Like, Good answer. I would Good love answer. to tell you, but it's a secret. Um, <laughs> our poll. Um, so we were given three options this week. Um. We were given the option of the world is being run by secret societies, 
or secret societies exist, but they are not running the world, or secret societies don't exist. We have absolutely no votes for the fact that secret societies don't exist. People are just convinced (laughs) that this is a thing. Like, there's not one person. Usually we get one unbeliever, you know what I mean? Or one... Yeah, we usually get, like, at least one or two. Yeah, one person to live in the leper colony, but now it's like, no, no one believes... (laughs) No one believes that they don't exist. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then we got a pretty good response as far as um, altogether, it would have been 35 votes, um, 22 for the world is being run by secret societies. And then another 13 saying um, secret societies exist, but they are not running the world. And and my pick was actually, for some reason, I can't actually choose. Um, I don't know what's wrong with my uh, connection here, but I can't actually choose. But I would have chosen... Secret societies exist, but they are not running the world. But I do, I do agree that they exist. But I don't think that one society is running the world holistically. I think that there's a few of oh, them. Oh, it didn't that, say that it was. It didn't say it was one society ruling the world. It said that they ruled the world. Well, in that which case, then could yes. Be, which if, could if, be, if, you know, it could be one society, or it could be five of them that are joined together that are ruling it. Okay, in that in that context, then yes, I do believe that the power elite are running everything and that they are the last say so on the on the rungs to making decisions that affect the rest of the world that i will drink that kool-aid i i believe that holistically <laughs> because it just it's too coincidental to deny so it's it's hard for me to sit here and be like no oh, that's not what's going on and then like, i mean yeah, especially something... since so many have actually came out and confirmed that they exist <laughs> like yeah like oh world yeah. peace that was us that that fucked that up like it's just yeah, it's that prevalent. So I would say, yeah, I'm definitely going to go ahead and say that the world is definitely being run in part by different types of societies of the same nature. So, yeah, I, I will agree. Um, very interesting uh, poll results this week. Um, I wanted to read a, voice, uh, a text message from Sean Sponsor real quick. Um, he says that um, secret societies do, in fact, exist. They run the world whether or not we want to believe it. The mafia is around, and the people in it have that vibe they put off. Um, that's actually. Oh, I didn't even. I didn't even think about the mafia. Yeah, we didn't, yeah. well, they're not really. Yeah, a secret. that's one we didn't even. That's one we didn't even touch on. Well, I mean, they're kind of a secret. Like we know they're around, <laughs> but obviously we don't know where and who is a part of it. Actually, we do. I would yeah, say. I would say that they're I mean, not that secret. I would say that they're involved it, in things they don't want the world to know. But as far as knowing, everyone knows who the mafia. Well, but if you think about it, we also know who members of uh, Skull and Bones are. I mean, oh, yeah. we had, what, like 12 different presidents that were in it? I oh, mean, yeah. And noble lariats, writers, artists, directors, yeah, all kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, think I think like Patsy said, these are people who are hiding in plain sight. Like, yeah, they're part of this secret organization, but they can't talk about it, and they wouldn't. So it's like a big joke on us. Like, ha, 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 ha. Can't tell well, you and people people see what they want to see. So, oh, yeah. I oh mean, yeah. That's a huge part of it. There's people not wanting to, you know, uh, you know, uh, admit to what it is that's actually going on. So, yeah, I have to agree with that as well. Um, and I think that just about does it. Um, for this episode of the Amalga Files. Uh, you know what, ladies? Let's go ahead and go with the topic for next week. We're gonna um we're gonna go with the Holy Grail. We yes, are going to go, sir. yeah, we're gonna dive right into that. Um, is the Holy Grail real? What evidence do we have to support the fact that it is or is not? 
And um, if it is, so what it, is it? Is it a so cult? are we, do we want to do just the Holy Grail or do we want to do like other mythical like, do, like objects? like the Spear of Destiny and the Ark of the Covenant and all of that? Okay, yeah. fine. Just like that's, mystical that's objects in do, general. <laughs> fine, then we'll go after all the mystical objects. We will, we will bring up our favorite and uh, most interesting mystical objects and we will parade them in front of all of our listeners. Dope. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm down. Right All right, so that is our next show. Thank you, ladies. Um, our call-in, our call-ins, and um, our voicemails, um, our text messages. Thank you to our listeners, um, ladies. Thank you for joining us or joining me. Um, and that does it for this episode of the Amalga Files. Please stay tuned. We will be doing ancient relics of Yorn. We'll be uh, discussing and um, hopefully discovering some things that you didn't know or um, maybe that you did. So definitely tune in and we will give you a good roundabout idea of what we found and uh, what those things entail. So we can't wait to see you guys on the next show. Um, I'm Ian Wallace. I am joined by Jordan Epperson and Shelby Proto and these.